0: This is not like a video for like casual Eurovision viewers. When you think about a song that yields winner potential, what are the factors that you're putting together? Hey, Eurovision fam, it's Alicia Michelle, and I am hyped today. I'm hyped because we're gonna be talking about winner potential and the Eurovision Song Contest, and specifically this year. Y'all ready to have a conversation? Eurovision 2024. <laughs> got a new video, I got a new video, Alicia hey girl. I'm ready to go, how you feeling? Eurovision fan, are you ready for the show? <laughs> we gotta keep it real, we gotta keep it real, let's go! Hey, if you've never been to my channel before, welcome! If you love the Eurovision Song Contest, I think you will love my channel, so please take this opportunity right now to like this video and to subscribe. Okay, I woke up this morning way earlier than what I wanted To wake up so that's the first thing we have to start off with i had scheduled my reaction to italy's song for the 2024 eurovision song contest and you know i recognize that every year my channel grows a little bit and so there are people who follow me and who then subscribe who aren't aware of the years of videos that i've done and even work Prior to that. But I don't want to be in the practice of like constantly reintroducing myself because it's boring for the faithfuls, you know, those of you who have been with me, you know, in the trenches for so long. But I wanted to do a video and talk about winner potential and kind of the things that I use to, ca- to kind of come up with what I think has winner potential at the Eurovision Song Contest. Now, for those of you who are the faithfuls who are longtime subscribers, you know, I did a video a couple of years back where I basically sort of explained out like what I felt like the winning sauce was and kind of what are the things that I think sort of work to a country's advantage. I'm not really going to be doing that again. You can search in my videos and find that video. Maybe I will put it down in the comments if I can find that video because I did it a little bit ago. If you're watching this video and waiting for me to tell you the countries that I think could win Eurovision this year, this ain't that. I have a whole podcast where I broke that down so you could go listen to the Eurovision for real podcast and get that. So then you might be thinking to yourself, Alicia then what is this video for? Well, this video is a little bit more tailored to this year because at this point, we've got a couple of songs. But I also think that we're kind of in the discourse of this, missing some key components that dictate winner potential at the Eurovision Song Contest. Now, as much as I honor, you know, Love what you love, like what you like, and it's okay to hate the songs that you hate, as long as you're not forcing other people to hate those songs along with you. You know what I mean? Like, people are going to like what they like. But to pretend as if Eurovision is just this analyzing of what people feel and what they like, that's not really true. We know that there are patterns that the Eurovision contest sort of has. And so I want to kick off this video and say the thing that some people might not want to tell you. And then I'll give you the exception. If there is a male performer this year, they're coming in with an advantage. Yes, I know men have an advantage with a lot of things in the world, but I'm not just talking about that. Now, looking at the patterns of Eurovision... And our winners of recent history, we have noticed a little bit of a passing of the baton. And I do wanna just note to folks that I do think that there are some anomaly years that we have in recent history at the Eurovision Song Contest. For me, Eurovision 2014 was a little bit of an anomaly year. I don't have to explain why it's an anomaly year. You can go and look up Google and see what was happening in the world in 2014 and that can kind of tell you why it was a little bit of an anomaly year. A little bit more recently, Eurovision 2022 was an anomaly year. It just was. You can Google if you can't recall or think you are kind of like, what do you mean? What would make that an anomaly year? You can look that up and it will tell you (laughs) you will be able to deduce pretty quickly what made uh, Eurovision 2022 an anomaly year. Here we are, Eurovision 2024 is upon us. Could this be an anomaly year? Short answer, yes. There are a lot of things happening in the world right now that make this year the potential for being an anomaly year. But I think that this year, given some of the unrest and divisiveness and, you know, coming out of the panty, you know what I mean? It means that I think that there is also a little bit of a hunger for people wanting to have maybe a little bit of normalcy this year. And so that tells me we might go back a little bit to that slight pattern that began to emerge coming out of the early 2000 dark ages, you know, that some people, I'm not saying that they're early 2000 dark ages, but some of you Europeans have told me that for Eurovision, it might have been slightly dark ages. You know, even though for me, looking back at some of the 2000s, you know, I think that there are some good winners, but people tell me it's not about the winners. It was everything else that was around them. I am playing deferential to the Europeans and the faithfuls who have been in my comments for years telling me that that's how they felt during the time I am with you in spirit you were going through bondage we are now free so for those folks who are looking to kind of get back into this pattern you know duos can kind of come into the mix and sort of throw things off groups can come into the mix I would note monoskin as a little bit of a disruptor not an anomaly year but a little bit of a disruptor sort of like that reminder of like hey we're here and that happens every so often I don't think that we are in a year where that is going to happen. I think that we are in a year right now where people are craving a little bit of normalcy and wanting to sort of go back to a little bit of balance. So with that said, we know at the Eurovision Song Contest that the year following the winner, we end up having copycat acts. Do those copycat acts ever win? No, they do not. So I would say any woman who is coming to the Eurovision Song Contest this year with a power ballad is probably working at a little bit of a disadvantage. I'm not saying the song has to sound similar. I'm not saying that the songs will sound similar, but just the fact that it is fulfilling the demographic of powerful female vocalists and potentially filling um, the, the category of genre being that of a modern power ballot is already setting them back a little bit because people might go we did that last year we want to do something different this year so that emerges then this space of like well what about the pop girlies what about a pop bop are we going to be able to get that the challenge with that is we are setting up all of those acts to be competing with each other because they are fulfilling the same demographic and then same genre so Anytime you've kind of got a whole bunch of things in direct competition, it does sort of distill down their vote. Now, I will say there is always room for someone to come on top and emerge and be the best of the category. But does the best of the category get to win? Not always. So we have to be mindful of that. With all of that said, I do think this year there is going to be, and this is not my preference, I am just reflecting the patterns of Eurovision as I see it. Third party, non involved, just looking at the stats and facts and looking at the patterns that have been established. I also will note it's not a crazy thing to look at the patterns that emerge in the national selections. We have all of these national selections. People who vote in those national selections, they're telling you sort of what mood they're in, they're telling you what they want to see at eurovision so there is something to be said for looking at the trends that we see but let's stay on the train of the demographics and why i think male performers are gonna have an advantage this year male performers are gonna have an advantage because instantly demographic wise it's different than what we had last year that's simple are we gonna debate this we could but we're not okay so The Ali Alexanders, the Slamans, even Dom, you know, are going to be coming in with advantages, which is also one of the reasons why, you know, when I was hopping into some of these national selections and I was trying to think of what would be the most optimal choice for this country, I was kind of thinking to myself, hmm, what do I think we're going to get a lot of? What are you, what could you pick in your mix that'll help you to stand out? So I do think that there's an advantage to that. I would even mention Musti from Belgium working with an advantage, you know, just being sort of demographically not what we had last year. Now let's talk about sonically. Let's talk about the songs. I think that it is possible I, for us to get a power ballad winning this year. Simply for the fact that it seems like even some of the songs that we don't have confirmed, the selected artists that are telling us what they're going to be kind of giving us in essence, it does seem like there is going to be an influx of upbeat pop tracks. Now some of those might be ethno pop, some of those might be a little bit of trap pop, some of those might be a little bit of electro pop, but they're all still floating a little bit in a pop genre. So I do think when it comes to just thinking of what Europe could be hungry for, Europe could be hungry for something that's a little bit more upbeat. We had a pop ballad winning last year, so maybe this year we get kind of like that pop bop, that Uh, that um, uplifting, upbeat flash of a song. But again, that still begs the question for direct competition and the distillation of the vote. Now, one genre that always sort of gets to have a place and gets to be on a plane unto itself at the Eurovision Song Contest is songs that are ethnic. People come to Eurovision and expect to see entries that are ethnic. Enter Ukraine. Ukraine. Ukraine is giving us something that does feel modern. There is a freshness to it. But it is ethnic. This is feeling like something that Ukraine would send to Eurovision. So instantly, when you look at the betting odds and you see, see Ukraine on top, you know, a lot of people might want to cite, you know, world events as the reason for that. But we can't forget with Ukraine, one, they know how to do Eurovision. They do Eurovision well. They execute well. So there's going to be a proficiency there that you know you can just bet on, period. Secondly, We knew the song was in the mix a little while back and a lot of people were saying, oof, this is sort of a song that could have winner potential at the Eurovision Song Contest. Now, I have gone on record saying that I'm like, I like the song. I think it's really good. I just don't know if Europe wants to coalesce Around voting for Ukraine en masse enough for it to actually win, let alone the jury sort of coming together and being like, this is our winning song. I just want to make it really clear as I sit here in this chair, and it is Tuesday, February 13th in the morning. I feel like there is only one song right now, and I haven't heard it performed live. That I do feel like if it entered the Eurovision mix, it would not be crazy for it to shoot up in the betting odds if the execution is well. And when I say execution, flawless vocal, thoughtful staging, and the third category, really the song, to me, the song is already there. We're kind of going along with Trends. It is a male-fronted song. It is a little bit of a power ballad, but I think it's a little bit more modern of a power ballad. It's it's The song structure is a little bit more atypical. And spoiler alert, I am not talking about France's entry, but I do want to say, when I first heard France's song, I was kind of like, is this enough? It's way too early. I don't know if this is going to win. I could see it getting drowned out as we progress through the Eurovision season. Sitting here in my chair right now, I don't think that this song is fading away in the way that I thought it would. But again, we're not far enough along for me to feel super comfortable in saying that it is completely, you know, out of the mix. I I think that Frances' song is having a little bit of staying power. And again, we have heard Slamont deliver this song live proficiently, and I don't think that France actually has to do a lot with the staging. So for those of you who are kind of curious what this pattern looks like, there is sort of a pattern established. And, you know, it kind of kicks off in the mid-early 2000s. It's so weird to say mid-early 2000s. <laughs> because, obviously, if you look at the early 2000s, uh, coming off of, like, we had the Olsen brothers. Then you had, everybody, come on out. out. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Estonia, I really want to see it for y'all to win again. You've got too much quality in the mix for everybody, come on out. You know, to be the last thing that you've graced us with, winning-wise. We want to see you back in there. Then we have like female domination, which honestly, not that crazy. If you think of who was watching Eurovision at the time, if you look at what was sort of happening in the charts at the time across the world, then you've got the disruptor of Lordy coming in. I don't really see that year as an anomaly year. I see that like sort of the monoskin moment where it was just sort of like, Anytime Eurovision, I think it's too much in a rut, you sort of have a disruptor come in. And I think Monaskin was our most recent version of like the boom, this is that. The last time I think that happened was Lordy coming in with Hard Rock Hallelujah. Then we go into a little bit of the baton passing, this pattern that we've been on recently. So you kind of go from like this powerful female um, fronted ballad. You know, with Molipa, emotional. And then you go into this sort of, you know, pop song from a little bit yesteryear because people are kind of like, come on, let's just give it to them. They've been begging us for years. (laughs) So just let them have it. And I, unlike what some people say, I actually think Dima Balan is a pretty, like, talented guy. I, I don't know if that's like a debatable thing out there, but I find him to be talented. The man can sing. Okay, the man can sing. But then you have Alexander Reback Ryback coming in with just sort of this, like, fun, sort of different. It it was youthful. Like, that's the thing. It was youthful. And then he passes the baton to Lena, another youthful sort of act, but a female youthful entry. And there was an effortlessness about it. There's something about, you know, Norway's fairy tale that the way that Alexander performs it is very effortless. But, you know, it's a little bit raw. We've got singers on the stage, ah, you know, doing that. We've got dancers, we've got a fiddle, like there's a little bit like bombastic and then we kind of strip everything back. We hold on to that youthfulness and then we pass it over to our female artist, Lena. Then we have Ellen Nikki winning. <clears throat> just glaze over that the next reset of Eurovision and anyone who tells you that Eurovision 2012 wasn't a reset they might have been born in I don't know 2004 or something like that they they were too young to really recognize the shift of what happened and anyone can go back and kind of watch the contest and then can tell you that in 2012 something changed and we've been on this pattern of this change and have been riding the wave of this the contest being more modern the songs winning in the contest feeling a little bit more current then again like i said you have the anomaly year of 2014 where europe was like we need to send a message and so conchita verse won then we sort of reset back and then go to mon winning then we have jamala winning and don't let anyone tell y'all different that song was winner potential from the minute that it was selected. <laughs> it just was. I was in the arena. I gave it up uh, to Sergey Lazarev. It was great. I, I think it was a winning performance, but that does not mean that what Jamala was serving was not a winning performance either, okay? Winning performance and the momentum uh, to ride in there and grab that trophy. Then we pass it off to Salvador Sabral, a moment in the contest then you have netta coming in with the pop like then we have duncan then coming in with another pop anthem male performer then we have the disruptors monoskin there are patterns here you can look at it you can look at what's happening in the world and sort of begin to distill down what might be up to the task of winning I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm like, pre- I hope I'm preaching to the choir. Like we're nerding out over here. This is not like a video for like casual Eurovision viewers. This is, this is a video for casual Eurovision viewers who are like, I want to sip the Kool-Aid. And for those of us who are drunk off the Kool-Aid, we're just living right now. So there are patterns. So to me, what that tells me, looking at this, we could be having an anomaly year this year. We could be having an anomaly year. But with Lorien winning last year, I wonder if we're back into someone and people feeling like we need a little bit of a reset. We got a reset in 2012. Like we did. We got sort of a reset, a little bit of a disruptor in 2006. We had a disruptor in 2021. I could just be saying nothing. I just think this year, we're going to know the winning song and performance when we get it. And it's going to smack us dab right in the face. I don't think it's gonna be one of these things that we have to do gymnastics and aerobics to make it fit. This is like the longest video ever, but I'm having fun with it. If you're still watching, thank you for watching. Looking at the songs we have right now, Ukraine is at the top of the betting odds. I'm just gonna use the betting odds as like my example. Like I said before, it's a winning song. It's a winning package. We know that they'll stage it well. So does Ukraine have a shot at it? Yeah. But do I think it'll ultimately win right now, February 13th? No, I don't think it will. Next up, we have Italy. Italy's challenge is how are they going to bring this song to life on the Eurovision stage? I'm not worried about Angelina. She can sing. She'll sell the song. I'm worried about everything that will be happening around her. And speaking of the things that will be happening around her, and I'm going to hop over Um, I'm concerned with the direct competition that she's going to have potentially from, um, Austria, Colleen with We Will Rave. I'm, I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned about the direct competition from Cilia. If Cilia, you know, makes it to the grand final. I'm concerned about the direct competition she'll have from, mm, well, Tali, because, I think that Luxembourg is probably going to be in the final. So that's going to be direct competition. And we don't know the song, but I'm also concerned about the direct competition that'll be had for Marina Sati. We don't know the song, but given what they're saying that it could be, I'm concerned. Um, moving down, moving down the line, Ali Alexander, I think, is working from an advantage. He's a well-known person. He's been showing up at national selections, too. He's, he's doing, you know, the stuff that you need to do to keep yourself out there, you know, in these Eurovision streets. I think Ollie's coming in with an advantage. I think the UK has a little bit of momentum. Everyone was really happy with the show that we got in Lux, uh, um, in Liverpool. <laughs> Everyone's really happy about the show, the the television production we got, and the um, fan experience. People are like, okay, the BBC can do this. So I think Ollie's coming in with an advantage, period. Uh, we've got Finland. <clears throat> Finland will be fun on the stage. It's not winner potential, but I don't think anyone is saying that. Ireland coming in with something interesting. I think Ireland's going to be at the grand final. I don't know if it's going to be enough to win, but I would love to see it. <laughs> I would love to see it. I don't think it'll be I don't think it'll be universal enough, but right now Ireland's goal isn't to win. Their goal is to qualify. So there you have that. Georgia, their goal is to qualify. I think that Georgia might be cooking up something that could qualify. And so I think we have to keep our eye out for them. Norway's going to be great. Do I think Norway has a shot of winning Eurovision this year? No. Would I want to see them win? I wouldn't be mad at that song winning at all. (laughs) But my pocketbook would be mad. Or maybe it will be happy because then I won't be going to Eurovision. (laughs) Because I won't be able to afford it. No shade to you, Norway. I'd love to be there, but... Money does not grow on trees. I wish it did. Uh, France. I think that France could become eclipsed. I want to be very clear. I am still living in the world that France could become eclipsed. The challenge is, it's not happening yet. It's still a song that's worth talking about. For now. For now. Spain. Nebulosa. Nebulosa. There's a lot of people who think that this is solidly coming bottom five. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> I think people are going to eat this up. And, like, lest we forget, this didn't do bad with the juries at Benidorm. So I think some people are banking on the juries blanking this, and I just am not living in that world. I'm just not living in that world. Belgium, I don't know, but I think Musti's already working for an from an advantage if you... Just follow the conversation that we had. I just want to be clear. The Netherlands, I don't think the Netherlands is going to win this year. But I am curious to see what, I think people have, is it joust? Is it yeast? Yeast clean? Least clean? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to call him juiced for now until I hear him say it. That's what I'm going to wait for him to say. Hi, my name is. I'm curious because the Netherlands is like potpourri. You know, it typically smells good, but you don't really know what the scent is going to be. But, you know, sometimes if potpourri is left out too long, it can get stale. That's how I'm going to say the Netherlands are. Lately, they've been fresh, you know, and I think this year they've refilled, you know, the basket. So I I have high hopes. Dons, I do not think is going to win Eurovision this year. I just, I want to be clear because I saw a comment on a video where someone was like, oh, you think Dons has a chance to win? I think he has a higher chance than any female artist just being a male, you know, artist this year because I think people are maybe hungry for it. But um, I'm not living in that space. Um, Slovenia. I'm checking for Slovenia. I'm checking for Slovenia. I think they might get one of their better results. I think they might get one of their better results. But I'm I'm not saying winner potential. Luxembourg, it's a no, it's, it's not going to win. Czechia, it's a no, it's not going to win. Malta, it's a no, it's not going to win. Albania, no, it's not going to win. So, I don't know. At the end, maybe I gave you what you wanted. What factors are you putting together? That's what I want to know. Because for me, I think I'm pretty clear vocals, song, staging, you know, execution, how you bring the song to life. But mind you, the bass rate is the song has to be tight. And there's something about it that has to be fresh. And then I also say, there is the je ne sais quoi, there is the tea leaves, there is the vibe of Europe. And of course, there's momentum. There's momentum and narrative at play. Those are like my ingredients and in the things that I look at. What do you look at? Drop down. Talk to me in the comments below. If you stuck with me this long, then that means you must have enjoyed this. And so if you haven't liked this video and you haven't subscribed, what are you waiting for? You just sat here and watched this whole thing. And you're not going to subscribe after watching this whole thing? What's up with that? Come on. You care about Eurovision. Get into the community. Join the conversation. You can't join it if you don't know when it's going down. You know, So you got to subscribe and hit the notification bell to know when it's going down. Thank you for watching. Bye. Ha, ha, ha.